0: This message comes from NPR sponsor, Viore, a new perspective on performance apparel. Clothing designed with premium fabrics, built to move in, styled for life. For 20% off your first purchase, go to vioricom slash NPR.
1: The man behind a powerful Russian mercenary group fighting in Ukraine. This is the State of Ukraine from NPR News. The Wagner Group is a mercenary fighting force in Ukraine known for recruiting soldiers from Russian prisons. Wagner has been active around the world for years, but the war in Ukraine has raised the group's profile. It has also raised the profile of its founder, Yevgeny Prigozhin. NPR's Moscow correspondent Charles Maines traveled to Prigozhin's home city of St. Petersburg and gives us this profile.
0: In a gritty industrial district of St. Petersburg, a new glass office tower rises, the words Wagner Center emblazoned across its rooftop. It's a symbol of Wagner's growing business empire, and it turns out you can get a tour. It's a huge building. Our guide, Anastasia Vasilevskaya. The building is 23 floors. The Wagner Center, still under construction, is conceived as office space to serve the state, she tells me. Mostly we are interested in uh, those who are patriotic, you know, there will be a free 24 hour media lab for patriotic bloggers to seed the internet. There's water, free coffee, some Later, it's going to be some more snacks. Also, seed money for Russian tech startups with potential military applications. And on the upper floors, luxury boardrooms with a view. We will not have offices here, maybe one or two just for our big boss. Not the big, big boss. Can I ask about the big, big boss? No, I don't have any answers for that. But the big, big boss isn't exactly a secret, not anymore. After years of operating in the shadows, Wagner's founder, 61-year-old Evgeny Prigozhin, now very much wants to be seen. This is video of Prigozhin at a prison colony in September, personally recruiting Russian convicts to fight in Ukraine. Survive six months, promises Prigozhin, and you're a free man. God and Allah can take you out of here in a casket, he says. I can get you out of here alive. I came here to who Solidar. Or there's Prigozhin here, in the town of Solidar, in East Ukraine, this past January, where he says he's come to hand out medals to Wagner fighters after a hard-fought victory. They're probably the most experienced army in the entire world today, he says of Wagner, an army that after years of denials Prigozhin now acknowledges as his own. It's a mercenary force that has been linked to covert Kremlin military operations in Syria, Africa, Ukraine and beyond. The question is, why go public now? Long-time observers say the answer lies in Prigozhin's pursuit of power and influence. Denis Korotkov is a Russian investigative journalist who broke several of the early stories on Wagner's activities. That was in 2014. Back then, Prigozhin was better known as Putin's chef, a nickname he earned after building a restaurant and catering empire favored by the Kremlin from humble beginnings as an ex-con operating a hot dog stand. But Korotkov discovered Prigozhin was also secretly recruiting Russians to fight along separatists in the Donbass, a private militia he named after the 19th-century German composer. It was with permission straight from the top, argued Karatkov, part of a Kremlin off the books' effort to hide Russian meddling in Ukraine. Fast forward to today, and Karatkov has fled Russia out of concerns for his safety, but he says Wagner, now an army of some 50,000 men, is central to efforts to salvage Russia's current military campaign, and Prigozhin knows it. The Russian army doesn't appear to have much incentive to fight. The people who enter Wagner are more motivated. And many of them have been taking part in military operations since 2014.
1: It left Prigozhin with a fairly effective ground force.
0: For months, Prigozhin has publicly criticized the Russian military's top brass as incompetent and out of touch. He's also feuded with them over who deserve credit for battlefield victories when they come. This is Prigozhin claiming Wagner fighters were solely responsible for seizing territory near the eastern Ukrainian city of Bakhmut earlier this month. Prigozhin presents Wagner ranks, dubbed the musicians by his media empire, as the best of the best, better trained, equipped, and paid than regular troops. Prigozhin has even produced slick action films that mythologize Wagner heroics and sacrifice, even if real life has proven more complicated. Viktor Litovkin, a military analyst with the state run TASS news agency, notes Wagner operates in a legal gray zone. Despite its now acknowledged role in the Kremlin war effort, Wagner, he says, is still formally an outlawed militia at home.
1: If their government allows Wagner to work and doesn't get in their way, it means their government approves. It approves, but it bears no responsibility, because the men serving in Wagner aren't soldiers. The law doesn't apply to them.
0: Like Russia's military, Wagner has faced and denied allegations of war crimes in Ukraine. Undisputed is the group's practice of extrajudicial killings of its own fighters suspected of disloyalty. In November, Wagner released video footage of the execution of one of its own members. The fighter, a convict recruited for the war, surrendered to Ukrainian forces, was later returned in a prisoner swap. Prigozhin has since embraced the executioner's tool, a sledgehammer, as a proud symbol of Wagner battlefield justice. All of this, the violence and the infighting with Russia's military, is happening on President Putin's watch. Whether because the Kremlin leader is allowing it or simply can't control it is a matter of debate. Either way, Prigozhin benefits from the ambiguity, says Alexander Prokopenko, an independent analyst focused on Russian government policymaking.
1: We, we don't know for sure how Putin uh, thinks about Prigozhin. And Prigozhin knows that no one knows for sure. That's where he, his uh, quasi-influence.
0: Many say Prigozhin's brutality and bravado was a prelude for a push for personal power. Yet Prokopenkov argues Prigozhin is still fundamentally reliant on his personal ties to the Russian leader, a patronage, she notes, that could disappear at any moment.
1: When the war will end, and this war definitely will end someday, uh, he will become uh, a liability.
0: For now, Prigozhin insists he's a simple patriot, focused on the mission at hand and telling it like it is. So in a recent video interview with a pro-Kremlin military blogger, Prigozhin insisted he had zero political ambitions and hopes only to retreat with his mercenaries to a warm climate once the war is won. Yet Korotkov, the journalist, says Prigozhin's continued public role, perhaps even survival, given the powerful enemies he's made, depends on his army constantly proving itself on the battlefield, whatever the cost in lives.
1: The has not achieved in Ukraine.
0: If Wagner doesn't make significant achievements in Ukraine, Prigozhin's star will of course fall, says Krotkov. And there will be plenty of people, he adds, who would be happy to participate in burying him. Charles Maines, NPR News, St. Petersburg.
1: Thanks for listening to The State of Ukraine from NPR News. Please come back to this feed for more on the war and its impacts around the world. This message
0: comes from NPR sponsor Warby Parker. Their glasses start at $95, including anti-reflective, scratch-resistant prescription lenses that block 100% of UV rays. Try five pairs of frames at home for free. Go to warbyparker.com slash covered. Support for NPR and the following message come from IXL online. Is your child asking questions on their homework you don't feel equipped to answer? iXL Learning uses advanced algorithms to give the right help to each kid, no matter the age or personality. One subscription gets you everything. One site for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get iXL now. And NPR listeners can get an exclusive 20% off iXL membership when they sign up today at iXL.com NPR. Black perspectives haven't always been centered in the telling of America's story. Now, we're taking center stage. Introducing NPR's Black Stories, Black Truths, a collection of Black-led stories from NPR's podcasts. Search NPR Black Stories, Black Truths wherever you get your podcasts.